Hi, welcome. Thank you for joining us for checking in a lodging DEI chat. I'll be your host today, Miranda Kitterlin Lynch. Unfortunately, my co-host Leon Thomas is unable to join us. I don't know what he's doing, but in my mind, I like to think that he's playing racquetball and enjoying crab cakes. Hopefully not at the same time. Uh, but we're going to have a great conversation today with our guest, Miss Cathedra Alexander. Hi. How's it going? Great. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. You're welcome. You... I was sad to hear that Leon wasn't going to be here. I wanted to talk about racquetball. I've played tennis, not racquetball, though. Oh, oh, it might be a sore topic for him then. <laughs> um, <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Oh, sure. Absolutely. So my name is Cathelzer Alexander. I am originally from the Bahamas, and uh, most of my career has been with Compass Group as a general manager with operations, and quite a bit of that time was also uh, training and development. Uh, during my undergrad, I have to say, hail Wildcats. Um, I was uh, involved with National Society of Minorities and Hospitality, and uh, as of late, I've been involved with the Alliance for Hospitality and Hospitality Equity and Diversity, and I am currently a PhD student at the University of South Carolina. Awesome. Thank you so much. Now, before we go on any further, I know that there are people that may not be familiar with NSMH. Do you want to give a little bit of information on what this amazing organization is? Absolutely. So those that are college recruiters with different companies in hospitality uh, are more familiar with NSMH, but it is a wonderful leadership opportunity. Anyone that is a student can join the organization, and it is where I got quite a bit of my leadership skills. You are actually planning a conference for 200 plus students uh, and having your own budget and having to make decisions based on that. You have 17 people in a room and you have to decide what you're going to do and where the organization is going. And you have a lot of uh, you have a lot of say on how the organization moves forward because it is completely student run. So you're really getting that experience that will help you when you get in the industry. I love that. And I've witnessed firsthand the amazing things that happen at these conferences and at these meetings because I'm a former NSMH advisor. So awesome. So now tell me about your time in industry. And then I want to ask you a little bit about academics. Um, because this is a DEI podcast, I'd love to hear your experience or what you have witnessed in your rich industry career. Uh, what changes did you see? Did you see anything amazing that organizations were doing or any opportunities that they may have missed? Oh, sure, absolutely. So um, my career, most of it is, as I said, with Compass Group. So I'm in the managed services uh, realm of things. So I worked at a number of different colleges as well as corporate campuses uh, during my time. So what I found were the best leaders um, that managed me and managed the teams that I worked with were persons who really just got to know you. What is it that is important to you as a person? You know, yes, when you think about diversity, some of people think of some of the exterior things. I'm a woman. I'm originally from the Bahamas. You know, I'm black. There's a lot of things that are on that external. But the really great managers dug deeper to understand what type of training style do you like? What are the things that motivate you? Um, how do you feel about different things? What are your values? And understanding you on that level of diversity was 
a manager that was really good and uh, and worked well with the entire team to motivate that team. Um, so that's definitely something I saw on the on the really awesome side. Um, a lot of my time with Compass, I was with Bon Appetit, and uh, they really love the chefs. The chefs are the center of the kitchen. And so for a person who is not a chef, um, very food inclined, I consider myself a foodie, it was a little harder to navigate who am I in this space. And I was able to do that with training because that was an area that wasn't as strong when I joined the company. And so that's how I was able to find my lane. Um, but it was a lot harder um, coming into that uh, organization, not being a chef. Gotcha. How fun. So I want to ask you, in your experience, you've made it pretty far up the ladder, right, in your career. How many other people of color, how many other women of color did you see at that level or along the way? Unfortunately, not as many when you think about the women. I mentioned before about the chefs. So certainly um, on the Bon Appetit end of things, uh, there were a lot of men and there were a lot of, um, there were a, a nice number of men of color, um, but not so much on the women's side. So there's still a little more work to be done there, especially when you're thinking from the kitchen, um, uh, running the kitchen and up. But when I think about the persons in the industry that I know, the persons that I met through NSMH that are still friends and colleagues today, I have definitely seen a lot of women in the industry that have uh, progressed and are doing very well. Vice president roles, um, regional manager roles, district manager roles, certainly general manager. Uh, I've seen uh, I've seen quite a few examples of some awesome women in our industry. So that's always very encouraging. Awesome. I love to hear that. Well, the last part, the progression. <laughs> okay. So um, anyone who knows me knows that I am uh, quite the stalker on LinkedIn. So I was checking out your profile and it says learning sponge in, uh, in your description. And I love that. So tell me what made you choose learning sponge? Well, First of all, I am back in school. I'm studying to uh, get my PhD. I'm in my second year. And uh, a lesson that I learned very early on uh, was that you have to stay humble, that as much as you learn, as much as you grow, there's more to know. I'll give you the story. I was uh, at the Hyatt Atlanta. I was uh, doing an internship. I was rising senior in my undergrad. I was excited about my degree and everything that I had learned so far. And I, I started to get a little bit of a head. And now I said, oh, wow, you know, I'm doing this. I've done this. I'm excited about this. I actually worked the Olympics. And I had done all these things that I thought were so cool. And I was getting a little, a little heady. And I got charged with uh, conducting a survey of the staff. And I met, so it was a language survey so that if someone came to the front desk, spoke a certain language, we could look and see who in the hotel spoke that language and could help that guest. Uh, I met someone that spoke seven languages. And I said, okay, I'm gonna sit down and uh, evaluate how much I know. <laughs> and maybe I, there's a more to know. <laughs> so that was a little bit of a humbling experience, but it, it allowed me to realize as much as you may know, there's more to know. Absolutely. And so I took that and, and just ran with it and made sure that I was always learning. And I, and I think my mom would probably say I knew that lesson before because she was a teacher. But uh, 
absolutely uh, how I became a learning sponge. That's fantastic. That's actually one of the reasons why I'm involved in this podcast to learn more because it's amazing. I thought that I knew so much and that I was very aware. It's just incredible the things that um, we can be blind to or just simply unaware of. So thank you for having this conversation so that I can continue learning. Uh, and so now you and I have talked about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we've talked about how, yes, people are talking about uh, race, ethnicity, gender, et cetera. One thing that you and I both discussed was that an untapped area of the conversation may be um, ability or lack thereof. Um, tell me a little bit about your thoughts here, because I have not seen a plethora of programs supporting people uh, based on their ability. And, and I don't even know if I'm saying that properly, if I'm using the correct language. Sure, sure. So I had the wonderful opportunity um, er, a long time ago. I worked with Georgia State and I worked with their Office of Disability Services and they've changed that name since then. Um, we have to stay with the times. And, uh, and then I also had another opportunity where uh, a couple of years ago I worked with uh, persons um, with disabilities. And so using that person first language, learned about what are the things that they, what are the tools that they need to get in the industry and what do they need to help in terms of the recruiting process and that training process when they first get a job. A lot of times people focus on what person's can't do, but there's a lot that they can do. They just need different tools or maybe they need a little extra time. In doing that uh, project, I realized that a lot of people need more time. It's not just those who may be um, signified as persons with disabilities. But when you think about how a lot of people train in the industry, they move really fast. Or they, uh, I had an experience where someone said, here are the keys, here are the numbers to order uh, supplies, uh, make sure you get bagels by the end of the day. It was a coffee shop I was running. And so I'm like, what, That that's the learning? I mean, I, I know that I have knowledge. I know that I came in here with experience, but surely there's more about this particular operation I need to know. And so I think the, the thing that's really lacking in the industry is that time for true training. And that goes for persons with or without disabilities. But there's definitely space and room um, in the industry for more persons that um, that have disabilities that uh, are able to join uh, the industry. Thank you so much for teaching me that. Um, so what that may look like then is instead of that three-day training where you shadow another employee, what, maybe six days, just increased training time? Sure. Um, yes, learning a number on it, but sure, learning on the job is it works, but there has to be a guideline. Just like as teachers, as professors, you're creating lesson plans. There should be a systematic training plan in place. Um, a lot of times, unfortunately, when there's a downturn in the economy, the training group are one of the first to go. 
Uh, my brother used to be in marketing and we would say marketing and training, we're the first to go. Uh, but if there are plans uh, set out for training of a new employee, then that manager can use that as a guide. And then they are working with that guide and shadowing and other ways of making sure that the employee is learning what they need to learn. And uh, and I think that would go a long way because there, there needs be a lot more guidance when it comes to training. That's really good advice. Uh, can you think of any other examples? And then we'll move on to some fun questions. But can you think of any other examples of what we can do to accommodate people with disabilities in the hospitality industry workplace? So we've covered time and training. Is there anything else that you've seen in your experience that we should consider? Mm. When you think about, well, first I will say that a lot of the physical um, makeup of the industry, of the facilities. A lot of that's handled by government, it's handled by law. And so when we think about disabilities, a lot of times people go to physical and a lot of that's already covered by the facility. Um, for anyone in HR, they get reasonable accommodations. And so if someone brings that forward, um, then they're able to take care of that. So those are, are simple things. Uh, the bigger picture is making sure that we are, as I said before, getting to know someone because we don't want to make any assumptions about what this person needs or doesn't need based on the fact that they've disclosed that they have a disability. Sometimes those disabilities are hidden. Sometimes it's just one small area that they may need uh, a certain accommodation. So any level of diversity, including with disabilities, that people are making sure that they understand who that person is and what they need, and they're giving them space to learn. Uh, and if they, if you do that, you can go a long way because it's it's not a hard thing. And a lot of times, people feel like, oh, this is going to be work. It's going to be work, but. Any area of diversity that you're talking about, race, women, persons with disabilities, it's just about who is this person? And I feel like where it really starts is, do we want that? If, if the leader, if the CEO, if the manager say that they want that open environment where they're welcoming anybody to work who wants to work, then everything else is very easy. It's about getting to know a person. That's, I, I love that. I love the way that you outlined that. So everybody who's listening, this is Checking In, a Lodging DEI chat. I am your co-host, Miranda Kitterlin Lynch. Normally I would be joined by Leon Thomas. And today I am very honored to be talking with Ms. Cathedra Alexander. Um, I think that we can go into some of our fun signature questions now, if you're ready. Your questions, all right. <laughs> <laughs> if Leon were here, he would make you do a signature in the air. So let's do that for him. <laughs> Typically, what Leon would ask all of our guests is, "Have you had a Maryland crab cake?" Why specifically a Maryland crab cake? It's his thing. It's his thing. I'm veering off. I'm not answering the question. I'm answering the question with a question. <laughs> so I have not had a Maryland crab cake. I do love crab cakes, but I have a very good friend of mine that is from Baltimore. And when I visited, 
he said, I know you love crab legs. We've got to have crab legs. So we did that. We had the crab legs, but I did not have an actual crab cake. So I've had crab. But, you know, being from the Bahamas, it's about conch. It's all about conch when you're talking about seafood. But uh, to answer the question, um, I have not had a Maryland crab cake. All right. We're going to put that on your bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> and then my final question for you today uh, is my signature question. And that is, if you could go back in time and give one piece of advice to your 20-year-old self, what would it be? Okay. So 20. Uh, I was just uh, graduating uh, undergrad at that point. Okay. So I would say, say yes to more things. When I think about um, the Disney internship that I didn't take because I just was ready to go back home. I had been away from home for the first time freshman year, and I was just like, I'm ready to go home. I miss home. And, uh, and I didn't take that Disney internship because I just was ready to go back home. Or the other opportunities to go somewhere where I'd never been before because I was afraid of, oh, well, that's going to be rent there and rent here and all of that. There were a number of different opportunities in undergrad that I didn't say yes to because I was either afraid of the unknown or I was just ready to go back home and I wasn't ready to explore as much. There were leadership opportunities. There are a few different things that I can think of that I didn't say yes to because I wasn't sure what that experience was, would bring or if I felt ready enough to do it. And so I would say, say yes to more things. I have to tell you, I have chills that just hit me right in the heart because I that would be my advice to my 20-year-old self as well, saying no to opportunities for fear of the unknown. So thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. And how can people get in touch with you if they want to reach out? Oh, well, I am definitely on LinkedIn, uh, Cathedra Alexander. And, uh, and then also, I did leave my email address. I hope that everybody can see it. Uh, but I am now at University of South Carolina. And so you can reach out to me there. And I hope to see you at an industry conference as I get involved with academia. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this awesome episode of Checking In, a Lodging DEI Chat. I'm your host, Miranda Kitterlin Lynch, and hopefully next time we'll be joined by our other host, Leon Thomas. Have a great day.